The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And welcome, everyone, by some awesome cosmic synchronicity. You have tuned in to The Open Door, the (laughs) online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And I'm Sid Bennett. And we are being broadcast today before a live studio audience. (laughs) Hello, audience. (laughs) Today's topic is mantras, words of power. And I know it's a truism to say this, but we do know that words have power. And it's the way in which we use those words and how we wield that power that makes all the difference. There are good words of power, and there are words that are not so good. And we can think of curses, epithets. Various different things that we might say in a heated moment. Um, But nonetheless, today we're going to focus on those words of power that are good for us. And uh, any opening comments, anybody? Well, um, no, no, I just, I'm anxious (laughs) to get into these these two mantras that we have. The the golden mantra and the other one. Does it have a name? Om Mani Padme Hum. Hail to the jewel in the lotus. No, we'll get to that. That's that's the Kuan Yin mantra. The Kuan Yin mantra. probably refer to it that way. You know, I think, Tom, that... We talked a lot on this show about the use of the throat chakra, mm-hmm. the power of the spoken word, and there's much to learn, much to understand, but at least have an acknowledgement that we have the potential. In fact, we do wield tremendous power with our voice and our words, both for good and not so good, depending on how that's used. And so an awareness of that and an awareness of the tools that can make them more effective um, is really helpful on our spiritual path and every day. Absolutely, and I think that one of the focuses that we want to use for today's show is that these are tools that are uh, multifunctional. You can use these in a moment of extreme stress. You can use them in a moment of total calm and peace. Uh, the reason why we want to focus on these is because they are tools that you can use at, in a moment's notice. It, it is, and, and you need to practice them to, to get mm-hmm. you know, effective at them. I mean, think of when Jesus called forth Lazarus, it was with a shout. Yep. And I guarantee if Jesus had not had a certain attainment at that point, he could have shouted all day and Lazarus wouldn't have come forth. Right. <laughs> what's wrong with that guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well what's, uh, what's the history behind the world was created by the word? What, what, uh, what's the biblical reference? There? Well, I think there were a couple there. Obviously, you know, let there be light. Yes. And, you know, in the beginning was the word. I mean, a number of different statements. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And so we can apply these to us, our individual lives, on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. It's the same power and same energy. And learning how to use it effectively and correctly is really vital because a lot of people are making karma that perhaps they wouldn't do if they knew how powerful their words were. Mm-hmm. And we've all seen examples of people soothing a crowd, you know, that uh, e- even in a, a mob situation, somebody with that attainment, with that level of mastery, can literally defuse that situation. 
So we know that a word is more powerful. It's like a pen's more powerful than the sword. Well, the word is probably more powerful than the pen. Indeed. You know? And I think that one of the things that we want to, uh, again, you know, we're focusing on the word as power, is that any situation we're in, whenever we vocalize, we have an effect on our environment. We have an effect on other people. It's not simply a matter of saying word and they're wasted. There is power behind every statement that we make. We've said this before. When we say things like, I am tired, if you insert the words, God in me is, you realize that there's a power there already where you're actually creating your circumstance. You're creating or, your experience. Or I am sick, you know. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, so what we're trying to say here is that these are words that you can say and use subvocally, in a whisper, out loud, or in a shout. And they'll probably have the same degree of effect depending upon well, where you're using them for. One of the things that we have um, mentioned, in fact, Terry, you mentioned at the beginning here, was we have these short mantras, Om, Mane, Padme, Hum, for example, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners are familiar with. That is also known as the Kuan Yin mantra, and it basically says, Hail to the Jewel in the Lotus. But what it does is it brings the electronic presence of Kuan Yin into your aura. Uh, it's, that's how powerful this is. You are literally wielding the power to summon great masters, angels, um, God. And I think it's awesome to realize that when you say these things, it isn't just something that you are casting away. It has the power to summon the highest beings in the universe right into your physical presence. Exactly. And, you know, we've talked about this before. We are trying to develop mastery. And the way you develop mastery is by practice, by working at it. Whether you're learning to be a carpenter or a musician or anything else, we need to become masters in the use of light and energy and God's power for good. And mantras are a wonderful way to do that. And they will make a difference in your life on a daily basis simply because of the light you invoke. And if you are able to keep that in harmony, mm-hmm. your day and that of your families will be different. Indeed. And I think that if we were to use a couple of examples right now of ones that are very familiar, OM comes to mind. Mm-hmm. The OM is a very powerful centering device. And I think that that's one of the ones that probably everybody knows to some extent or other. Sure. And it's used in prayers worldwide. I mean, we don't have the OM necessarily in the Western um, theological context, but we certainly know it from the Eastern context. But I think, you know, for those of us that grew up in a very, you know, uh, Orthodox Christian environment, you know, the Buddhist mantras and so forth are different. And that's understandable. But realizing that a lot of these um, words did come down from the original Sanskrit, mm-hmm. they are based on angelic tongues. And so they do have power in the words, even though they're not necessarily in English, that you that vibration that you're bringing forth is very definitely a vibration that will invoke that light. And so that's why we do give Buddhist mantras, even though that's obviously they're not in English or whatever. But, you know, you can give you know, English ones as well. But it's it's experimenting with these things. It's trying them. It's learning from them. It's There's so much to, to grow and experience here. And, and what I love is you can help others. It's not just about what, you know, what can I do for me or what's in it for me. By invoking the light, you can change the circumstances of the planet, of people, and everything when it's done in the right way. And that's what we're trying to learn. Indeed. And, you know, it's, um, we, we've talked before about enlightened self-interest. There's two sides to that. <laughs> we're doing something very good for the world and for our families, for our communities, for our whatever. <laughs> we're also doing some good for ourselves, you know, and it's not a bad thing to know that, there's some good karma being accrued by absolutely. our use. Absolutely, absolutely. And you're balancing karma, so it's it's a win-win situation. You know, I w- wanted to share just a quick little story. Um, this sort of happened in a at a time when I was feeling <laughs> rather down, 
And I went to a friend's house. Um, we were, in fact, uh, preparing, I think, for one of our local teaching center meetings. And I walked in in a very dark mood. And I just was just feeling depressed and down. And she was playing in her house, Mother Elizabeth Clare Prophet, reciting the name of God. And if you're familiar with that one particular t- um, tape or CD, I forget what it is, where it says, I am that I am, I am that I am, I am that I am. It stopped me in my tracks. You know, I literally walked into this aura of love and light. And it was amazing. I mean, I went from one place to another instantly because it, I was not deflecting it. I was not trying to defend myself from it. I was not expecting it. And boom. And in that moment, I really understood something more deeply about the power that these words and these mantras have to instantly change whether it's a personal experience, a personal vibration, or something even larger. You know, it's interesting you say that, Tom, because I think it brings up two points. One is, you know, we're encouraged to have mantras and and things playing in our home, Mm -hmm. you know, just as it does bring forth a certain energy. The reverse of that is when you have rock music so pervasive in the society, you can't go into a store, you can't go into an airport. I mean, everywhere you go on this planet, the rock music is pervasive, and that is not something that takes you to a higher level spiritually. It pulls your energy down to your lower chakras. So you can see how powerful this is and why it's so important to be in control of your environment now we can't you know when i go into safeway i can't control what music they're playing but i can certainly control what happens in my world in my car and my home and you know also to protect myself from those energies which you know we don't want there and it even goes to other being around other people you know one of the things that i've always felt burdened about is swearing because it's such a misuse of god's energy Mm -hmm. it's always said in anger yes and Beneath that anger is a lot of hatred very often. And people that take the name of God in vain, you know, why is that wrong to do? Because it, it manifests such a, you're taking God's energy and putting such a negative quality on it that's going to harm other people, not only yourself, but other people. It makes you very bad karma. So that's why, I, I mean, I, sometimes when I hear Christian, it actually hurts my chakras. It's so painful. Yeah. And so this is why it's important to, to, you know, to monitor what you say, what you do, how you use energy, and why not use it in the greatest way possible, the most positive way, again, help yourself, balance your karma, and change the world. Well, and an example of just how critical that can be, and this is something we've spoken of before, is that a fit of anger, a rage, can actually snuff out your threefold flame. Oh, my God. It's something to be avoided. And, you know, and and this is sort of an aside, but the Ascended Masters have taught we all have pockets of anger in us. And sometimes we need to work with our psychology, get a therapist, or where's this anger coming from? Because a lot of times we don't even know it. That, that where it's from or how it's manifesting. So that's just an aside, but, you know, it's an example of how we work on the spiritual path, whether it's use of mantra, dealing with our psychology, uh, reading and studying. But, again, we're trying to develop a mastery. We're not trying to perfect the human, but we are trying to manifest more light where we are. And, yeah. and let me throw this in, too, because you mentioned uh, the rock music when you're out in the world. Uh, I have, and this, this is an example of the power of the word in, in two different ways manifesting in one situation. When you go into a restaurant and they're playing rock music, I have, uh, I have actually used the power of the spoken word and talked in harmony to the waitress and said, you know, I, didn't come in, I came in here to eat. I didn't come in here to attend a rock concert. <laughs> Could you please turn the music either off or way down? And so they do it, mm-hmm. and so it has effect. And so that's how we can, people should, should do these things, because there's a lot of power. Well, I've done that too, and I think it, it, it actually surprises some people when you actually take that initiative and yep. say it, because the, the looks I've gotten before have been, what, you don't like the music? <laughs> I know. No, no, I don't, actually. <laughs> yeah. I'd like you to turn it off, you know, when you hear it in the background. 
But again, you know, we're talking about vibration. You're right. And um, I was remembering that uh, it wasn't Jericho. You know, when the walls came tumbling oh, down, you know, vibration, yeah. you know, the power the, of the word, the power of the word. And, uh, and, you know, I mean, going back to what you asked about before, Terry, you know, let there be light. I am that I am. Yeah. I mean, the words that we have available to us are so powerful. And when you mentioned what you did about the cursing, that has a lasting effect. There's a lifespan. It's like a half-life. Uh, it's like a, like a nuclear material sort of thing where you utter something in, in anger it's going to live beyond that moment. Well, it goes out into the universe, yeah. and it will come back to you eventually. But what happens is it gathers more of itself. Mm-hmm. So it not only will re- return to you as karma, it will come back more powerful. And so when you send out love, it also gathers more of itself, and you get more love back. So you can see mm. how important it is to be, be masters of our tongue. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because that, I think, is the tone that we want to maybe end this first segment on, which is coming to an end soon, a couple minutes. And that is the fact that the good energy that we send out, those treasures laid up in heaven, do come back to us with more of their kind. I mean, we, we are multiplying our effort, our energy, and our focus, and our vibration by our intention. And so there's no, there's no time for a little, oh, maybe I can get away with this one. Or, you know, this is 24-7, 365 <laughs> and a quarter. But, but your <laughs> life gets better. That's what I, that's uh, I yes, we're exactly. trying to make here. Your life will improve almost immediately. Yeah. When, when, in fact, immediately. Um, <laughs> if you start changing, you know how you do. My wife, when she's teaching our daughter when she was young, you know, she's telling you, you have to turn it like you turn the dial on a TV. Or not, you don't turn the dial anymore, but you change the channel. You change the channel of our consciousness yeah. from complaints, negativity, and you know, the light of God never fails. Invoke it in your aura, and all of a sudden, all those problems may not go away, but you see them differently, and you can deal with them differently. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think on that note, uh, we'll take a short break here, but please stay with us, everyone. When we return, we want to hear a little bit more about the mantra from Elizabeth Clare Prophet from a, as a brief excerpt from a um, lecture she gave some years ago, and then we're going to play a little sample of one of our favorite mantras, the golden mantra. I won't say more about that now, but You'll hear more about it in segment two. Please stay with us. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep, personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. 
Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free, no login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And welcome back, everyone. I'm Tom. He's Terry, and he's Sid. <laughs> we have a live audience today. Hi, audience. <laughs> um, before we um, finished the last segment, um, Sid had brought up something that uh, he experienced in his family in terms of just teaching the fact that you, when you are in a state of consciousness, you have the opportunity to change the channel. You can actually, uh, you know, kind of channel surf even if you want. Yeah. Um, but it reminded me of something that, uh, again, we have talked about this before. The signal-to-noise ratio. Um, the world is a noisy place. Our lives can be noisy. And when we're trying to maintain a certain focus on a higher vibration and, and an energy, that is the signal that we want to have in our lives as much as possible, as continuously as possible. And it's not that easy to do, obviously, but nonetheless, we try. And we try to turn down the noise and we turn up the signal. Well, one of the ways in which that can be done is the mantra. And again, we spoke about this at the top of the show. The mantra is a device, it's a tool, it's a way of channeling energy, of formulating and focusing vibration. And what we'd like to do right now is just play you a brief segment from a dictation from Amitabha, one of the great Buddhists. And um, this is on the mantra. And without any further ado, I'd like to play that right now. I say then, from this day forward... Move gently with us. Move gently into the world and know yourself as a citizen of the great Tao, of the great Dharmakaya, the great causal body of all Buddhas as one. Know then that it is step by step that the path is one, not in grandiose measures, not in lunging forward and then having no foundation upon which to place one's efforts. The certain and sure footstep is the way. Many are in awe of buddhic attainment and believe that they are not even close to that attainment, nor will be in many lifetimes. This is the distance that theology has placed within the least of the disciples of the Sangha, and Lord Gautama himself, and even the Dhyani Buddhas. We would erase this distance today. So long as you contain the crumb of Buddhic wisdom, you have cracked the door 
from darkness to light you may step. So value each crumb as a jewel, and as I have said, secure it, protect it, preserve it, build upon it, exercise it with mantra, with the fiat vajra, with a mighty thunderbolt that you invoke from on high. Shun all ego strutting. Shun ties to the underworld who will empower you overnight and give to you the glitter and glamour of success in your field. When you look into your heart of hearts, you must know that these successes are ephemeral and transient. They have not to do with a true God's success that plants one's foot upon the rock and holds that place and does not give that place to Mara and maintains the 360-degree watch daily of keeping that citadel of consciousness. Be the ones who anticipate the dark emanations and intents of Mara and the forces of evil. Banish them with the power of mantra that you secure by conviction, by the repetition of faith and belief which becomes the absolute science that mantra is. Mantra, whether decrees written in English, whether written in another tongue of the East, the mantra is empowerment, but only if you know it. It is as though you possessed the secret of a universal weapon that could annihilate all evil in the world while not touching a single point of good embodied by a single soul. How can warfare of such crudity as that upon this planet compare to the banishing effects of mantra? The simple mantras on one sheet of paper can deliver you unto enlightenment. You know, beloved, devotees give these simple mantras 108 times, and then by capturing the mantra in the heart, the heart sings back with the mantra, and the mantra itself sings back, so that you hear your innermost being and the innermost pure voice of your soul reciting that mantra. This is in no way auto-hypnosis. This is the power of God within you, whereby you have authorized that power to enter your world to the mantra. Above all, whatever mantra becomes the key mantra of your life, the keystone in the arch of being, you must make it your own and you must know its power. You must know the power of your being when you have so internalized the word that the word is speaking in your heart. Indeed, and as she said, and the heart sings back. <laughs> uh, just uh, like that. very profound, isn't it? Extremely profound. And the point, of course, is made again that mantras are s- simple. There's nothing complicated about these mantras, whether you're saying Vajra or Shiva, and we, there will be a teaching on that later on in another segment. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the ones that uh, we know, again, Om Mane Padme Hom, Hail to the Jewel and the Lotus. You can do 108 of those in about four minutes, maybe less. 
and that's at a comfortable pace, and just see how you feel after you've done that. Om Mani Padme Hum. And you know what? You can find time in your day for these. I remember, and again, I'll refer to one of my, our daughter was quite young and a baby, and she was reluctant to go to sleep at night. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and um, so I used to walk around with her. I'd, she liked to be carried. Mm-hmm. And I would give the Om Mani Padme Hum. And I'd say it over and over and over again. So it got to be a ritual, mm. you know, and it, it soothed her. And it was also a time of day that I got to do it. Well, as she got older and I didn't carry around anymore, that was still part of our, our, our prayers at night. Oh, so she liked it. So you That's can really see sweet. there's times when you can fit these in at the stoplight, you know, oh, when you're right. waiting for it to turn green. I mean, there's so much time during, we all, we're all busy. We know that. But there's time for these because not only is it making good use of energy, but it will change how the rest of your day goes. Well, and I think that's probably the, the key point right there is it changes things. <laughs> Mantras have the power to change things. As, as Mrs. Prophet said, they authorize God. And that if you look at the mantra as a means of doing just that, I think she said, you hear your innermost voice. Yeah. This is how we connect to that divinity within. And we say at the beginning of every show, awaken to the light within. Here's one way to do it. And, and it's not vain repetition. Vain repetition means nothing. I mean, you can say things over and again if you don't have the spirit, if you don't have love in it, if you don't have devotion. And I think that's important to position yourself, so to speak, uh, vibration. You can do it in two seconds if you need to. Um, but to always be in that point of harmony and not give them an anger and so forth, unless, of course, you're trying to surrender that anger, anger and replacing it with the light. And, and, you know, you could start out very simply and just experiment with it and always say, God, let however this energy comes, let it never be used in any way except your will. Yes. You know, there's, so, again, we're, if you don't work at it, you won't learn how effective it is and how powerful it is. And I think you'll feel the difference when you try it. I, I want to I ask Sidney if he could give us uh, an example of how a person could make a call. Let's say we're going to utilize the power of, and you may want to, maybe you were going to go into this a little bit further in the program, Tom, where Padmasambhava's golden mantra. No, we'll, that'll be the next segment, I think, because we're going to devote a whole segment to that. Okay, okay. Yeah, then we'll, maybe, maybe we'll deal with this then. When we, <laughs> when we get on the golden mantra, I want, yeah. to, uh, I want to ask you how okay. we can make a call and affect world condition. Okay. I, that's sure. a great idea, Terry, because yeah. I think that's one of the things we do is when we focus our mantras, we can be a specific as need be. Yeah. You know, something's happening in our world, whether it's local or global, we can make that call. We can basically focus that weapon, as she said. This is a, this is a weapon. Yes. You can focus it where it's needing the most to be. I like the idea that yeah. it's, it's like nuclear power, you know. <laughs> I like that, too. Yeah. Well, I was going to go back to something else, um, Terry, having to do with the difference sometimes between a prayer and a mantra. Okay. Um, and I think in this case... Um, did you mention in the beginning the rosary, or maybe we're just talking? I did off- mention before the show we were talking about. That's that. right. That's yeah. right. And the rosary is one of those interesting prayer mantras that can be used basically for both because it is best used in repetition. And if anybody you know doesn't remember these these Eastern mantras we might be mentioning today, almost certainly you'll know the the, the rosary. Or some version of the rosary. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I saw a video once of Mother Teresa giving the rosary. And, I mean, her being so exuded devotion and love, you could realize how powerful that was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, devotion to, to Mother Mary and that light of the Divine Mother calling mm-hmm. forth. So it doesn't have to be in, in another language. It can be in English. But devotion is the key because that, again, makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. Right. Yeah, and um, the rosary is something that can be done anywhere, anytime. You can do it driving. You can do it in, in, in your mind if you're in a place where you can't speak out loud. You can obviously do it you, in church. You know, it's interesting. Padre Pio, 
who we talk about fairly often on this show, but he used to keep a rosary inside his robe, and he'd be doing the rosy, rosary simultaneous with dealing with problems of the day. <laughs> and, you know, I had a friend once that was a, 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 a monk, a Hindu monk, and, of course, they do the Hare Krishnas, and he has, his, he has beads just like the rosary, mm-hmm. and I forget how many times a day he was supposed to do it, but it was in the thousands. Oh, boy. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's a devotion. It's a focal. It's energy. And I just want to say one more thing, Tom. Oh, sure. You, you can build up this light. It's like rosary beads. If you hold rosary beads with devotion and love, and it helps you count the rosaries, but also it charges it with light and love. If you have a loved one that's sick, it, this is so charged with light, you can take the beads and put them on there and say, Mother Mary, use this energy, this light invoked of my devotion you know, to help this person with healing. So you can see how practical it is. Um, you know, you want to, to build up reserves, so to speak, of life when you light, so that when you or a family one really needs it, you can draw upon that light. And that's another thing the mantra will do. Well, and, you know, Mother Mary's apparitions have largely been focused around the rosary. Yeah. She said, do the rosary. You know, if you, if you know no other prayer, if you have no other practice, yeah. do the rosary. And we do a little different rosary than the Catholic Church does. We do. But it's in... in um, it, only var- it only varies by a couple of words. We yeah. don't focus on the, on the negative. We focus on the positive. Yes. Give us our victory over sin, over sin disease, and death. Indeed. Yeah. 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 Well, we're um, hard on our, the end of our second segment. And, Terry, thanks for bringing this up earlier because we want to tease you to please stay with us as we're going to go into the golden mantra of Padmasambhava when we return. So please stay with us. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And uh, once again, welcome back, everyone. I'm still Tom. He's still Terry, and he's still (laughs) Sid. And our live audience is still alive. (laughs) Thank you all. Um, We are talking today about harnessing the power of God, quite literally 
harnessing the power of God through a specific device that we know as the mantra. And we want to devote this segment in particular to one very, very powerful mantra that probably not many of you have heard of unless you are in the, in the uh, Ascended Master teachings, in which case you probably will have heard of this. But this is um, Padmasambhava's golden mantra. And it goes like this. Oh boy. <laughs> now, the one of the intentions of using this mantra, and there are many, but one of them in particular is that this brings you into the heart of Buddha, quite literally into the heart of Buddha. And this is a mantra that can be used to neutralize despair and chaos. We are told um, through the teachings of Padmasambhava that this is a mantra to use in times of trouble, whether it's warfare, disease, famine, upheaval of any kind, this is the tool that will help you to neutralize the bad stuff, keep you focused on the good stuff, and get you through it. You know, for those that don't know, Padmasambhava was a Buddhist of of great attainment. He was uh, kind of the tradition of the Tibetan Buddhist, and uh, I think it was the 7th century he lived. Well, he's actually revered as the founder of Tibetan Buddhism. Is he? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, just as an aside here, I mean, most people have heard the, the monks, the chanting of the Tibetan monks. Yeah, yeah. And how powerful they are. And so that tradition has continued even to today. Yes, right. indeed. Now, um, a Vajra guru uh, is a being who has fully mastered the path of Vajrayana, which is the school of Buddhism that's prevalent in Tibet. So I just wanted to okay. kind of clear that up. And uh, the golden mantra, uh, if you want to um, find out more about that, I think we have a, a tape on that through our bookstore. I'm pretty sure we have something on the, the Buddhist mantras in any event. I, I know we have something on TSL.org that if you go to the bookstore and, and type in mantras, you'll probably find the Padmasambhava golden mantra. But even uh, to be more specific, you can probably type in golden mantra and find it. But nonetheless, it's Om Ahum, Vajra Guru Padme Siddhi Hum, or Padma Siddhi Hum, excuse me. Om Ahum, Vajra Guru Padma Siddhi Hum. I can't say enough about it. This is one of those things where this is the signal-to-noise ratio at its finest, where this is pure signal, very, very powerful, <laughs> and can be used on a moment's notice. I mean, you can do this when you're driving. You can do it at home. You can do it wherever you need to do it. But when there are bad things going on, this is the mantra to use. Well, I, I was just thinking, imagine like with a tsunami coming in, some sort of a natural disaster. What if everybody in the world was all of a sudden giving the golden mantra mm-hmm. to, you know, alleviate all the... Oh. All the pain of that. Changes the energy. Yes, and and 108 repetitions going at the pace you just heard would take probably less than six, seven minutes. Right. And that's a very comfortable pace. You know, I think some people are attracted to Buddhism because of the meditative part of it, which, of course, is an important part of any spiritual life. Mm -hmm. But this goes beyond meditative. This is very active because you're actively calling forth the light and a certain vibration um, of the Buddha. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, and that really changes things. It's not it's not just uh, something you do for yourself to to you know get your body at peace, although it does do that. Mm-hmm. But it also affects the world. And I think you know we all see almost every day just incredibly challenging things in the Middle East. I mean, and I just read the other day about this heinous crimes that you just can't imagine. 
uh, being committed uh, over there. And what do you do about this evil? I mean, what do we as individual? What could we possibly do about yeah, that? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, you can send armaments or whatever, but it, it it only temporarily stops us, so to speak. The way you change it is with spiritual energy and spiritual light, and this is the most powerful tool. And so, if you feel a calling to help the planet and help these dear souls that you know, many of them that are under such dire conditions and great losses and suffering, this is a way of doing it. It's a scientific way in the sense that we learn the use of energy. It's God's energy that we put into a situation. Light is the alchemical key. And when we, what that means is when you invoke light through the mantra, through your decrees or whatever, it changes the energy equation that exists where that is. Indeed. And when you change the energy equation, you change the outcome. And, you know, we urge you not just to hear this, but to believe it. There is great power here, as we said all along. This is a way, this is a, not just a tool, Again, it goes back to it's also a weapon. It can be focused exactly, precisely, like, an, like a laser instrument like a laser. where it needs to be. And it must be used in, in the right vibration, obviously. Yes. That of devotion and that of love. Yes. You know, love is the greatest uh, thwarter of evil there is in the universe. Because where love is, evil cannot exist. Mm. And so love displaces evil and changes it. So we're not getting mad at people and, you know, sending energy over there to teach them a lesson. We're drawing forth the light of God that will change the equation, will mitigate the suffering of people, and will eliminate evil. Because where light is, when it's like you turn on a light in the room, the yep. darkness is gone. Right. And so, you know, we're, God is the doer, but we become the instruments of the word as we draw it forth. And we always say, let all be done according to God's will. Yeah. Um, and so that way, every single one of us can impact what's going on in the Middle East. And let's emphasize again that it's, it's human nature. It's easy to feel rage and anger when you see something as heinous as some of the things that are going on in the Middle East right now with, against Christians and others. But it's very, very important to do it with the right vibration. And that's a point we cannot make enough, that when you're making a mantra, you're making a call, you're making a prayer, you do it from the heart. You do it with love, even in the face of heinous acts. Yeah. You know? And you can feel the pain of people, and you have compassion the Buddha has compassion. Kuan Yin has compassion. And, you know, so you can, that is a very lawful feeling to call forth the sight, to ask for God's intercession. But, you know, the flip side of this is black magic, where people misuse the word. Oh, and God. why do they have incantations mm-hmm. in black magic? Because it's a misuse of the word. And they're still powerful. It's very powerful. It does affect people. I mean, God is greater, but if you're not prepared for it, it can affect you negatively. So it's very important that we go into this with a level of devotion, of love, of humility, and understanding that we may be the calling forth this light, but God is always the doer. We're not doing this at a human level or any other level. It's the light of God that we're bringing forth. And the light of God can never do any harm to anyone, but it can thwart evil and dissolve it and transmute it. And again, that's the balance of light and darkness on this planet. One person can make tremendous difference. Think what we can do collectively. And again, remember that the golden mantra does dispel, it neutralizes despair, and it is the antidote for frustration and confusion. I want so, to say, so, uh, the, so what, what people could do is they could, they could address God, first of all. Mm-hmm. They could say, dear God, please take this golden mantra that I'm going to give in as much harmony as I can gather and direct it into the Middle East to change the world. 
and then go ahead and give. So to, it's like to a, dispel the darkness. To dispel the darkness. Yep. So you you address God, you give the mantra, and then as a closer, you say, "And let my my mantras and my calls be adjusted according to God's holy will." Amen. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I think you were about to ask Sid last segment if he would make a call. You answered might, your own question. Actually. <laughs> would, would that be would that be something similar to what you would well, say? Sure, I would. Oh, this is what well, I would say. Would something. Do I believe in the name of the Christ and the name I am that I am. I call you, Almighty God, to take this energy that I draw forth through this devotion, through this mantra, to use it in any way you deem appropriate to Victor Light, especially in the Middle East. Let it be purified and qualified by the light of God and never by my human consciousness. And let everything that I do and say be adjusted according to the perfect and holy will of God. Amen. Amen. Now, remember, unless we invoke the light in, this, in, this, in the earth plane, God will not intercede. You know, it's, it's, right. it's just the law of karma. That's just right. an effect. But when you draw forth the light through your prayers, our decrees, our mantras, you are fulfilling. You know, God says, take charge over this planet. It's your planet. You're accountable for it. So by the law of, of, of the universe, we have to draw that light into the earth plane. It's there for us to do, but God's not going to just throw it in. We've got to draw it forth. And that's why what we do is crucial because it's by our free will choice that we invoke that light, and that's what can change things. Yeah. Now, oh, okay. in our practice, which we speak of often, we utilize the, the, the great cosmic solvent, the violet flame. And one of the things that we can do is direct violet flame into those pockets of evil and darkness that we were mentioning before. Like the Middle East is one place where there's some of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but one of the simple mantras we can use is, I am a being of violet fire. I am the purity God desires. Extend that out locally then go nationally, then go globally. Iraq is a country of violet fire. Iraq is the purity God desires. That simple mantra focuses an incredible cosmic power, the violet flame, into where it's needed because that's where you direct it as a co-creator with God. We have a video on YouTube you can get if you go to the Summer Lighthouse Mm -hmm. channel, Mm -hmm. and it's uh, putting violet flame into Fukushima, which is the nuclear reactor in Japan. Japan. And it's wonderful. You can see pictures of it, mm-hmm. and you know you're giving the violet flame. It's a very powerful visualization, and that will change, you know, literally the energy around Fukushima, you know, and hopefully neutralize some of that radioactivity. Right. So that's how you can be very scientific in using this. You know, have a map, have a picture, whatever you want to do, and always, always, you say according to God's holy will, because you have to allow God to use that energy and light as He deems appropriate at the appropriate time. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Well, I think that when you see somebody in trouble particularly somebody that you know, you can name them. You know, um, Bob is a being of violet fire. Bob is the purity God desires. You can use it anywhere. I mean, it's, that's how easy it is. And you repeat it as many times as you can up to a certain point. You know, there, there's a limit to whatever we can do in terms of our endurance with decrees. But uh, it could be as short as 30 seconds. Or it could ten be ten seconds. Yeah, or and, ten and, minutes, and then it can speed up. You know, I am yeah. being a violet fire and the purity God desires. Yeah, being a fire and the ramp God up desires. that. That vibration. Yeah. Take, it you feel the spir- spiraling light and energy around you. Yes, I remember that. Take your chakras for a spin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but it, I don't mean to make fun of this because no. these, this, is, this is incredibly powerful stuff. And uh, another one that we use quite often is when we're traveling. Uh, and, you know, it's the Archangel Michael mantra for, you know, Lord Michael before, Lord Michael behind. Repeating that three or four times. And I won't do it now because it's, it's a little bit lengthy, but you know, it may take a minute. But the other one is, Archangel Michael, help me, help me, help me. In a moment of extreme duress, if you think of nothing else, that deer is in your headlights and you can't stop fast enough. Archangel Michael, help me, help me, help me. I've seen deer disappear. (laughs) 
<laughs> or, or Archangel not Michael, in my grill. Archangel wow. Michael, take command. I've yeah. seen situations unfolding before me where there literally is not time to, to, to pause and make an invocation. Right. Archangel Michael, take command of this situation. It becomes natural. It comes out of your mouth. Yeah. And uh, it will change things. Yes, you know, indeed. And God will place, put you places so that you can make the call and, and say the mantra so that people can be helped. Indeed. We're coming to now, our, our, we're getting close to the final segment. I wanted to use that as an opportunity to focus on some of the more, even more direct mantras that we can use. And again, I'm referring to Vajra and Shiva. So I won't go into that now, but I know that you in particular, Sid, wanted to talk about the fact that these are the kinds of mantras that have the potential to be misused unintentionally. Yeah. So we want to, uh, if we're going to set you off to use, go wield mantras in the world and change it, <laughs> I want to make sure you do it with the right intention and with the right focus. So we're going to take a break, uh, another short one. We'll be back in a matter of a couple minutes. Please stay with us. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And welcome back, everyone, to our final segment. Happy that you stayed with us. Thank you very much. Today, once again, we're talking about harnessing the power of God within through the use of the mantra. And want to start off this segment with um, a couple of comments about two of the most um, concise five-letter mantras that we can use, but they're very, very powerful. The first one is the Vajra, um, which is the symbol of the divine masculine, as well as the statement that Buddha uttered when he touched the ground and said, I have the right to be here. It's a very definitive uh, mantra, and it's also one that's, that states your power categorically. The other is Shiva, uh, Shiva representing Shiva the destroyer, one of the, um, the Eastern triumvirate. And... Um, this is one where we can draw down the power of Shiva to mitigate, to balance, to uh, interact with uh, negative energies, but we have to use it carefully. So, well, again, we have to be careful how we qualify things because Shiva is a very powerful being, as you suggest in the Hindu 
uh, tradition of, of the destroyer. Mm. And so the destroyer in the sense of destroying evil. evil. And so you can call Shiva, Shiva into the Middle East, Shiva into this situation or that situation. But what can happen sometimes is people will get so fired up, whether it's with righteous indignation or anger, you know, that they'll, they'll call for Shiva in the wrong vibration. Somebody cut you off in traffic. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like an epithet almost. Shiva, yeah. you know, how dare you do that, you know. Right. Well, you have to be careful with that. Again, you go back, you can't go wrong when you utter these in devotion and love. But it, it, something that's worked with, you, you, you deal with in Vajra. You know, I have a right to be here. I have a right. God is in me. I have a right to call forth light into exactly. this planet. And so, you know, those become very powerful tools when used properly. And we're not afraid of them, but we want to do it right. And when you do it in right and love and accordance with God's holy will, you're always going to be right. Right. <laughs> now, there's some others that we, we do. These are, again, the one-word um, mantras, if you will, that are in English in some of our decrees, like the shatter mantra. Mm-hmm. When we're shattering a, a force field of, of, of ignorance or darkness or whatever it may be, we, can, we, we have a whole little mantra that goes with it, but that word shatter becomes very powerful in and of itself because it is a command to break the matrix. Yeah. You know? And I, because there is, there is negative energy being projected mm-hmm. against us, we have a right to reverse the tide of that energy, and we have the right to protect ourselves and our family. It's like light must be defended, just as life must be defended. Yeah. And so, you know, again, that becomes a mastery. And, I, you know, I want to kind of emphasize here— you know, this is something you learn over time, you know, but you've got to start someplace. Start simply. If you want to start with the English ones, do that. If you feel comfortable with the Buddhist ones, then go there. But just try it in your life. And, you know, I was, I was mentioning at the break that um, I saw a statistic this morning that one-third of the American people have, are in collection, meaning their debts are past six months past due. One-third of the American people. Yes. So we have an, a, an abundance mantra that we use to bring forth abundance. Oh, and it, good segue. And it uses the resurrection <laughs> flame. <laughs> Jesus said, I am the resurrection. So it's simply like this. I am, I am, I am. In other words, God and me, you affirm that three times. Mm-hmm. The resurrection, the life of my finances. Um, now, are many of us out there that need the resurrection of life by our finances? Probably a fair number well, of us, I'd say. At least one-third. <laughs> and then we conclude that, now made manifest in my hands and use today. So I, at one particular point in my life, when I, shall I say, I was short of cash, to put it mildly, oh. I used to go take the dog for a walk, and I would say, in the name I am, the name I call forth this abundance according to God's whole will. I am, I am, I am the resurrection of life my finances. I am, I am, I am the resurrection of life my finances. I am, I am, I am the resurrection of life my finances. Now made manifest in my hands and use today. So I would, the whole time I took the dog for the walk, I would do that, okay? <laughs> and again, you want to put love into it, not fear or injustice, you know. Hey, God, I need some money. Let's get with it, you know. <laughs> you want to put love into it. But what you're doing is drawing forth the light of abundance. You're resurrecting your finances. This is you can resurrect your health. You can resurrect, you know, your job or your marriage or your family or whatever. Jesus was a master of the resurrection flame. This is how he raised himself from the dead with the flame of resurrection. Well, think how powerful it can be if we put that same resurrection flame into various aspects of our life, whether it's our health, whether it's our abundance, whether it's our job, whether it's our family. We're bringing forth the resurrection flame. And, you know, that's, that's spring, springtime. Indeed. Well, I think your dog lived to be 25, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody got a diamond collar. Oh, okay. well, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, I'm going to repeat that before we move on. As I am, I am, I am. The resurrection and the life of my finances. And this is another case of enlightened self-interest, but it benefits all. You know, God wants us to have an abundant <laughs> life. Yeah. He doesn't, you know, there are times when, you know, we've took and taken vows of poverty in other lifetimes. The problem is we haven't 
you know, we still are at some level of adhering to those vows of poverty. God wants us to live the abundant life, wants to have what we need to care for our families and, and to help others. So it's right. nothing wrong with that. Not at all. And this, again, raises the point that mantras can be as personal as inside your own heart and mind, or they can be global. Yeah. You use them where you need them. And I want to remind you again that they're easy to use because they're simple. These are not uh, complicated formulas by any stretch. The longest one that we've talked about today, the golden mantra, it does take a little bit of probably writing down, taking notes to get it. And I'll say it again right now, just so you kind of have it in your mind. That's Om Ah Hum Vajra Guru Padma Siddhi Hum. So that's the golden mantra. You know, and and can, you know, uh, I'm just reading something here. The power of a mantra is increased through repetition yes, and constancy. Yep, yep. So if we if we do that on a, on a regular basis, like every morning while we're fixing tea or coffee or something mm-hmm. like that, just start practicing that mantra. Oh, and I think that someone said that doing 108 golden mantras per day, again, five or six minutes is all it takes, uh-huh. will, will affect remarkable change in your life. I mean, again, not only does it dispel and neutralize despair and chaos, confusion and frustration, but it brings the opposite to the fore. Yeah. Peace, harmony, love, focus, happiness, like we'd like to talk about, joy. <laughs> the golden mantra is a great elixir for joy. Yeah. Can I, can I add one thing? I just want to, yep. if I can, go back to this when we talked about the abundance mantra. Oh, sure. I am, I'm the resident life of my finances. You know, you can say that and, and, say, and the world economy. Yes. It's very yeah. easy to add that because if you look at poverty in the world, the people that are suffering because of their poverty. Again, if you're calling forth for yourself, God is able to also call forth for other people in the world. So not only are you calling forth the abundance for yourself and your family, but for other people of God that need it. And, you know, again, and what are you doing? You're also balancing karma when you do that because other (laughs) people are going to be helped just as they've been negatively affected perhaps by something we've done in this or previous embodiments. Other people are going to be helped. So you get more bang for your buck, so to speak. <laughs> and that's not a fringe benefit. That's right in the middle of the fabric. Yeah. <laughs> you know? exactly. uh, by the way, there is another little piece to that um, abundance mantra that we should repeat a few times so you can kind of get this into your mind too. I am, I am, I am the resurrection and the life of my finances now made manifest in my hands and use today. So you bring it into your own local environment and you bring it into your hands and into your use today. So it isn't just abundance in a general vague sense. It's something tangible. Yeah, I don't need it next year. Yeah, I'd like <laughs> be, now would be good. I Sure, I will. But, you know, and this does always come forth directly in, in money, so to speak. It may come in circumstances that may save you money, may open doors, may give you other benefits. I've seen it work that way. So give God a chance to work in your world. So you, so you could do it with your health, for oh, instance. You, can do you could say, And you say the first part three times. I am, I am, I am the resurrection and the life of my health. I am, I am, I am the resurrection life of my health. Mm-hmm. I am, I am, I am the resurrection life of my health, now made manifest in my hands and use today. Exactly. And, and I want to say, and this was mentioned, I think, in the excerpt we played, this is not self-hypnosis. It, this is not just training your mind to be positive. No. When you say I am and you understand that, God in me, so you are drawing forth light. This is not a mechanical programming of your brain. Right. It's invoking light. And that's so important because we are, in fact, co-creators with God. Yeah. Every thought, word, motive, and deed uses God's power to create. So when we are using these mantras, we've got to be careful. We are accountable for their effects. And we can also benefit from them. And, yes, you, yes, indeed. Yeah. How fun it's is this show? Good man? karma. This has been a fun show. It's been great. I think that you know we're talking about harnessing the power of God, and every one of you has the right to do that. That's one of the things that is, that's not just a caveat. 
And you don't have to be the Buddha to do it. No, as, as uh, Miss Prophet said, there's not that much distance between that buddhic attainment and where you are right now. So don't think for a minute that you're too far. It's not, I can't get there. I'm not even going to try. And if you're a student of Jesus, you can try these. It doesn't, it doesn't oh. uh, conflict with anything. Well, not we know that Jesus went to the, to the east yes. during his missing years, the lost years of Jesus. He went to Tibet and other places mm-hmm. and learned many things in the Buddhist traditions. Well, Maitreya was his great teacher. Yeah. yeah. Well, boy, oh boy. Yeah, boy, oh boy. Well, I think once again, we have just um, obliterated an hour. It's amazing how fast it is. use a different adjective. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, that is a, that's a power word, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We, have, we have gently and harmonically and harmoniously and peacefully used an hour of our time and your time. Of God's time. We are grateful for this opportunity to be with you. Really, seriously, um, we'd like to always thank you for being there because without you, this show is not even something we would be doing. So thank you all for joining us today and talking about mantras. Next week, and again, this is if the show is live next week, it may be an encore, but I believe it'll be live. We're going to be talking about what happens when we die. Ooh, there's a teaser. What what person on this planet hasn't asked that question? Indeed. So what happens when we die? Be looking for that. It'll be a promo. It'll, It'll be crossing your inbox, I'm sure, at some point next week. In the meantime, thank you all very much for being with us. And Terry, what's the uh, well, how they can get in touch with us? If you've got anything you want to talk to us about, it's at webradio at tsl.org. Let us know about your mantra victories, webradio at tsl.org. Thank you. Good idea. And thank you all for being here. Thanks to our audience today for being with us. And uh, in closing, as we like to say, though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards, the rewards are, are out, out of, of this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on Voice America's 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.